Hi, I'm Phil Moorhart, Senior Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and this is Call Number with American Libraries. The pandemic has changed many things about how libraries operate, especially regarding outreach. With libraries closed or operating at reduced or altered hours the past year, maintaining that connection to the community is vital to let patrons know that the library is still there and still providing essential services. That outreach is particularly important for seniors at this moment in time, many of whom rely on their library not just for books, but as a lifeline to others. Today, on Call Number with American Libraries, we look at library outreach to seniors during the COVID-19 pandemic. First, American Libraries Associate Editor Sally Ann Price speaks with David Kelsey, Outreach Coordinator at St. Charles Public Library in St. Charles, Illinois, and President of the Association of Bookmobile and Outreach Services, about the importance of outreach to seniors, especially right now. Next, I speak with Kim Huntley, Manager of Toronto Public Library's North York Central Library, about their ambitious project of telephoning more than 20,000 of their senior patrons for wellness checks during the pandemic. But first, a word from a sponsor. It may just be spring, but summer will be here before you know it. And that can only mean one thing. The American Library Association's 2021 Virtual Annual Conference and Exhibition, of course. Join us June 23rd through 29th for seven days of speakers, programs, meetings, and more, all from the safety and comfort of home. It's early, I know, but we have some great guest speakers lined up so far, including actor and author Stanley Tucci and author Arely Morales. And of course, there are hundreds of programs, sessions, and more led by your friends, colleagues, and today's library leaders. Registration is open now, and if you register before April 16th, you can save, so please get on it. Register and find more info on all speakers and programs at 2021.alaannual.org. I'll see you there. As Outreach Coordinator at St. Charles Public Library in St. Charles, Illinois, and President of the Association of Bookmobile and Outreach Services, David Kelsey is tuned in to how a library can reach its community, and he has a particular passion for senior outreach. American Library's Associate Editor Sally Ann Price spoke with David about the importance of senior outreach, how the pandemic has affected senior services, and more. David, can you tell me a little bit about your library's history of programming for older adults, at least as it existed before the pandemic? So, uh, I'm, so I'm the outreach librarian at the St. Charles Public Library, and uh, I have three team members, uh, Linda Sprainer, Christine Steck, and Dana Hintz. Um, and before the pandemic, we would present at eight senior facilities. We would do weekly programming and bi-weekly programming and monthly programming, um, all with an idea to foster reminiscence, encourage engagement, trigger conversations. Um, and in two years, Years ago, before the pandemic, we presented over 300 programs that reached more than 4,000 seniors. So our programming, uh, we do stuff, we use antique items, we make our own memory kits, 
all with the idea of making a difference in this underserved population, really brightening their lives. So we love what we do. We love reaching this uh, population that is often so overlooked in society. So we love reaching out, so. And how has that programming adapted or evolved to academic, uh, sorry, uh, pandemic conditions? Are you, do you find you're more reimagining the programming you had always done or developing novel activities? We are definitely redesigning our programming with COVID in mind. I said before, we would do probably over 30, 30 to 35 programs a month in person at the facilities. Now, when the pandemic first started, we would do virtual programming. Uh, we were one of the first libraries to do virtual programming at senior facilities, meaning that we would either record ourselves doing a program or doing a live program for them. Um, and that slowly adapted into doing something called activity kits. Um, and with activity kits, uh, we make, we do print out handouts um, and of our normal programs. And once a month, we drop off of a bag with about 10 programs with handouts, as well as free giveaways such as bookmarks and the glass scratch and sniff bookmarks, sensory activities, lace and trace. Um, and we do this once a month for nine senior facilities, again, just to try to reach the activity directors, because especially now during the pandemic, there is so much turnover between the facility directors. And these are the, are the hardest population of the seniors and the senior facilities. So anything we can really do to brighten their lives, to make a difference and support the staff at, activity, at the senior facilities is extremely important. And to reach these seniors who are living right now in isolation. Some of them have been isolating for over a year and haven't been able to engage or see their family. So anything we can do just to bring a little bit of a cheer and smile to their faces, we try to do. And what do you see as the biggest challenge for library outreach to older adults through the pandemic and beyond? I think during the pandemic is trying to, you know, staff at facilities are really right now overwhelmed dealing with a pandemic, turnover, uh, passing away of residents. So really trying to, I would say, trying to work with facilities during the pandemic is very challenging. Trying to find a staff contact um, has been um, has been a challenge, but it makes us kind of really adapt our services and try to find new ways to reach them. Outside the pandemic, I think a lot of the times libraries need to try to find ways to engage seniors. Um, you know, senior population is only increasing. Um, senior population, the baby boomers are, are coming and we need to, as libraries, try to find ways to reach them. I'm very surprised that a lot of libraries are just starting out with senior programming and senior outreach. So I always try to encourage that if your library does not currently have a senior outreach program or not do programming, try to find ways to reach seniors and senior facilities in your community um, because we're gonna be getting, there's more senior facilities being built all over the country and through cities and towns across America. We just got two new senior facilities the last couple of months. And so libraries need to prepare to provide services and reach these seniors because seniors are our patrons too. And we need to find ways to connect with them. And uh, have any of these kind of adjustments you've made to programming, do you expect any of them to stick around once the pandemic fades? I would say yes. I says we, one of the great things uh, the pandemic has taught us is to try to reevaluate our services. Um, and we're, when we're back going full steam ahead of the facilities when after COVID and getting our shots, 
the time off has really allowed us to realize what's meaningful and what we can do better to reach our facilities. So right now, my team and I are reevaluating our stops and our service schedule to see how uh, we can better be more effective and streamline workflow and still make a bigger difference in our community. One thing that has really worked that we have found is really successful is the activity kits, uh, which is the prepared bags, and that has been extremely popular. So I would like us to continue doing that because it's more on-demand programming that the facilities can do it at their convenience, and it can be something when staff aren't there. And I would also recommend to libraries that are just starting out with outreach programs uh, to continue doing something but activity kits, um, so you so it's less staff time and you can do that on your leisure and drop it off once a month. So if you don't have an outreach program, there are a lot of ways to reach facilities and seniors, even if you don't have a full-time outreach program. And what would you say from your experience is a good place to start for a library looking to build its outreach to seniors? I would say first, um, check in, do a community survey to see, connect, reach out to the senior facilities to see what you can do. I said, I think no matter what your library size is, your budget level, libraries can offer something to senior facilities and seniors. So start up a homebound delivery program. It can be as easy as once a month you drop uh, materials off at senior facilities or a homebound patron's house work with the activities director and make sure the library is there for them and happy to help and willing to be there. If you don't have to do time to do programming, make handouts that you can drop off at the senior facilities to lead on their own. Um, no matter the budget size or staffing levels, your library can find ways to connect to the facilities and starting somewhere is so important because senior population is only going to grow and increase and as libraries, seniors are our population too, and we need to find ways to reach them as libraries. Yeah, and just why, um, is there a memory that sticks out to you or an experience um, that underscores why it's so important to serve for libraries, to serve seniors? I would say my one of my favorite things I do with seniors is, you know, I've always, I have found working in outreach that seniors are often overlooked and under, um, serve demographic for libraries, but in the world. So going to a senior facility and seeing the smiles on their faces, knowing you have made a difference by their laughter, their cheer, having them say, you are the only person that is visiting me for this week. I always had told you like a grandson to me and having those comments and those appreciations and making that connection is so important. These could be your parents and your grandparents and however you can reach them, no matter what you can do as a library to make a difference, you can see the difference you make because especially we have realized during the pandemic, but a lot of times seniors are so lonely and any way we can brighten their days, bring smiles, bring humor is so important, so. And you recently, um, in your capacity as president of ABOS, you recently participated in a webinar with the National Network of Libraries of Medicine. Can you tell me about some of the guidance you shared in that webinar? I think the biggest thing is um, president of ABOS and um, doing webinars and reach being having been honored to have a leadership capacity this year um, in the outreach field is realizing that we are all together 
um, the outreach has needed to be to be adapted to serve people, seniors, children, families, homeless populations during COVID-19, and that we're all in it together. And we're all having in the same kind of blocks and barriers and outreach and realizing um, that we're a support system, that we can encourage each other and motivate each other. And I think realizing when we're doing any type of discussion group or webinar or a networking group, it's realizing we're all in the same boat and learning from each other and learning. One thing I have learned from doing some networking groups this year, just the last month is saying, yeah, I'm having problems reaching a senior facility too because they're so short staffed and just the support. And I think it's really important that we're all in this together. So I would say that is kind of one of the things I have taken away too, is just kind of sharing stories and realizing we're with each other, so. ALA Job List is the award-winning source for jobs in library science and technology. If you're looking for a new job or an employer who wants to advertise a job opening, Job List has you covered. Job seekers can refine and filter services by position type, employer, location, post resumes, and automate alerts to never miss a posting. Employers can rest easy knowing that ALA reaches the engaged professionals that you want to hire. It also simplifies recruiting by offering flat rate pricing, discounted multi-ad packages, and enhanced postings for increased visibility. ALA Job List is where job seekers and employers get results. Visit joblist.ala.org for more information or to begin your search today. Get on the list. When Toronto Public Library closed its doors last spring due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they were aware of the impact that the closures would have on their senior patrons. So the library embarked on a mission to call these senior users for wellness checks, all 20,000 of them. I spoke with Kim Huntley, manager of Toronto Public Library's North York Central Library and one of the project's coordinators about the endeavor and more. Your, your program, where you've been calling seniors during, during the pandemic, um, what led the library to decide to take on such, such an interesting project? Okay, so I can give you a little bit of background. Um, on March 13th, 2020, um, in response to the COVID pandemic, uh, Toronto Public Library, along with uh, many of our other city services and programs, closed. And there was a plan at that point to reopen in a few weeks. And um, I think it became pretty clear pretty quickly that the closure that we had anticipated being uh, two weeks was going to continue for an undetermined period of time. And so we started to think about, you know, projects that could be identified to engage our staff who were working remotely. So this was uh, one of the programs programs that came to the top of our list. And um, as I said, you know, um, COVID hasn't really been kind to many people, including our senior customers. And, you know, many of them are um, often vulnerable. And now, thanks to COVID, socially isolated, and they're disconnected from their families and their friends, and of course, their library service. And we recognize that. So, we wanted to do something um, to connect with our senior customers who are also um, 
um, sometimes not able to connect online. And, uh, you know, that's where a lot of the information um, was moving. And so, as you know, libraries connect people with information and with information resources. So that's what libraries do. And that's we decided we should this now during the pandemic. How did you determine who to call? I know you have the, your home library services. Did you start there um, yeah. with, with, those, with those customers? Yeah, so we wanted to start with our most vulnerable customers. And so we thought that those um, were um, those who are registered with our home library service. And we have about a 1,000 customers in that program. And um, they are homebound um, due to age or illness or disability. And um, our, those customers had been leaving us messages and, you know, clearly indicating that they were very anxious and not always aware of the library closure and the service disruptions. And, of course, they were um, isolated. So we realized that it was really important to connect with them, to let them know about the service restrictions, and to reassure them and ease concerns that, um, you know, were arising as a result of the pandemic, and to let them know that it's okay to feel worried, it's normal to feel worried or, or stressed during this difficult time. So those calls that we made in the spring of 2020 after our closure were really appreciated by our customers. And uh, many were very happy to, to wait until library services could be reinstated. I'm sure no one thought it was ever going to be this long. But anyhow, they were prepared to wait. And so based on the positive feedback and the success of that initial calling project, we thought it would be really great if we could expand the project to include all of our senior customers. So after we finished calling um, our 1,000 um, uh, home library service customers, we thought, hey, we're on a roll. We can do this, so let's just keep going. So we moved on to the um, 80 to 100-year-old customers, and uh, we have many of them, um, about 9,000 in total, and they have all been called now at least once. So um, we thought that um, after we finished the 80 to 100, well, it just seemed obvious that we should move on to the 70 to 79, and that's where we are now, and um, we're making good headway um, with connecting with those customers. Wow. And um, how many have you called to date so far? So we've called about 16,000 customers so far. We have a little more way to go because we have a total of 35,000 customers to call. So um, it's a big, long call list, but we are making our way through it. We have a dedicated team of about 20 staff, and that fluctuates because the people who are making the calls are um, our staff who are on accommodation and are working remotely from home. So we started with a team of about 20 plus, and that fluctuates um, as people um, return to the branches to work there in the branches or um, as their accommodation status changes. So their um, staff who normally deliver information services have that in their job description in the library, and for us that would be um, a library assistant. So it's our library assistants, um, librarians, uh, th- those classifications um, are involved in, in the calling. Um, so those um, staff, they are trained in customer service. They have good um, information service skills. So they are able um, to talk to customers about their information needs and the resources that we have and answer any questions. And, you know, the questions are wide ranging and the answers are wide ranging. We just don't 
don't limit it to um, library questions. You know, we, mm-hmm. we can talk about the weather. We like talking about the weather. And so, you know, we can talk about the weather and we can talk about gardening and we can talk about cooking. And there, you know, there's just a whole um, array of um, services and conversations that are um, had with these, uh, with the customers. And, and now they're just, they're happy to chat. This is just, you know, one small way that we can connect with them. And it's a simple phone call and it, you know, can mean so much to someone during these difficult times. So for us, it's just one other way that we can brighten someone's day. We can't welcome them. Well, we are now able to welcome them to our branches in a limited way. We've been through a number of phases in terms of um, reinstating our services in Toronto. Um, But, uh, you know, when we couldn't welcome them into our branches, this was another way that we could connect with them and welcome them and just say hi, we're thinking of you, and we are really interested in your well-being and concerned about you. Now, the calls themselves, you, you, you mentioned that it's not just limited to, to library topics. You're, you're really letting um, the conversations flow. Um, how long do these calls usually, usually last? Well, we, um, you know, it's interesting. When we started this project, one of the things that we did to ramp up was um, we developed an, an app so that as we connected with our customers, our callers could record information about the call. So um, we have about 18 questions that our callers um, answer questions. Or, or, or we have about 18 questions that our callers record answers to after they make their, their call. And uh, so we're able to get some good data from that. So I can tell you that about um, 97% of our customers have indicated that um, they either found um, the call, um, they rated it either um, positive or neutral. So, you know, that's a pretty good um, response rate. And, um yeah, so uh, we talk about a lot of things, and um, so we recorded um, that, in, you know, all of that information. And so then I can also tell you that the majority of calls, about 90% of our calls, last about 10 minutes. And we did instruct our callers to, you know, spend about 10 to 15 minutes on the call. Um, as I said, we've got 35,000 calls to make, so um, we we spend as much time as we can. But of course, you know, we do what we would normally do in the branch too. If there was something that we could an answer, we would refer to um, uh, either to another colleague, another TPL service, another city service. You know, we would do what we would normally do with those questions in the branch. Um, do you uh, do you plan on continuing this program once the pandemic is over? Once um, I hate to use the word normal, but when there is some sort of sense of normalcy, <laughs> I guess back in yeah. our daily lives. Do you does does Toronto Public Library are you planning on continuing this or, or, or something like this in some fashion? Well, I think right now we're just focused on getting through um, reinstating our services as we move through the different stages as directed by our, um, our provincial um, guidelines. So, um, you know, we, this is something that, you know, we'll have to assess, but mm-hmm. there certainly has um, uh, been a lot of interest in this program. And I think, you know, as we prepare for reinstatement of our services, uh, whatever that looks like in the future, it will be certainly be something that we'll be talking about and maybe not the calling you know, per se, as I said, we do have 35,000 customers. So that may not be sustainable, but, you know, we will look at um, other ways, as I said, that, you know, that we can maybe serve this um, customer age group better. Are there, you know, um, other programs
programs that we can put into place. And, you know, maybe, maybe we can look at a way of, um, uh, connecting with, um, maybe our intergenerational groups, um, like our youth advisory groups or, you know, other, other, um, groups that we have active in the library who may be able to assist with this. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it goes and uh, what the capacity is as we reinstate services and what they look like. But, you know, certainly this has been a valuable learning experience for us. And as I said, we're getting a lot of good information. We're actually going to be um, collaborating with um um, McMaster University, which is in Hamilton, Ontario, and um, a professor there who is um, working in the um, uh, working in the area of research, and um, she is going to be looking at um, public library services. Um, to um, older adults during COVID. So um, we also feel like not only are we making a contribution to um, the Toronto Public Library community of users, but also to the um, professional community um, so that we can all learn from these conversations that are taking place. So that's been a positive for us um, mm-hmm. to see that kind of interest, um, you know, across the board. And there's, you know, there's been a lot of media interest as well. Um, because it is such a heartwarming story. So, um, yeah. Great. Um, now, for any of our listeners who, who might be interested in, in enacting a similar program at their own library, do you have any tips or words of advice for them? Yeah, sure. So, I, as I said, we've learned a lot. And um, one of the ways that we are collecting our learnings is through an app where we are recording information. It's, it's not um, identified in any way by, um, you know, customer, but um, we are just um, collecting information um, about, you know, did, are you interested in digital services? Do you use digital services? Um, are, is there any library services that, you know, we can tell you about? Uh, so this has been um, a good way for us to promote library services and, and to let um, our customers know um, what services are available. But in terms of starting a program like this, um, you know, we started with the most vulnerable, and I think that's probably a really good place to start. Um, some of the other things I can think about is, you know, we, we did review our privacy policies before we started uh, just to determine how best to handle them with, um, within our own policy framework. And um, we um, we wanted to protect well we have to protect customers' uh, privacy so uh, we put all of those um, guidelines and processes in place to ensure that um, both our customers' privacy was protected and also our callers' privacy. Um, when we first started this, we were uh, using. Um, the staff, they were, you know, they were not calling from the library. So uh, they were just using their, their own phones. So, um, you know, we provided them with the information as to how you block your phone. But, you know, that, that may have had a bit of an impact um, on our response rate because, of course, when you, um, I don't know what it's like um, in other jurisdictions, but here if um, you are using um, a blocked, uh, uh, um, you are using a phone as a blocked caller, it um, at the other end, the customer sees unknown caller, and mm-hmm. often, you know, people don't pick up those calls because they're yeah. afraid it's going to be a scam. So, um, you know, we um, you know, we do grapple with that, um, and uh, so I think we probably might have had a better response rate if 
um, we had phones that actually um, showed the caller as Toronto Public Library. And um, you know, that if we do go forward, I think that's something that we would do. So that would certainly incre- um, increase our response rates. Um, I think, you know, the other thing, too, is we provided a lot of scripts for our staff so that they were prepared. And I think that is, you know, really key to this program is to be prepared. So mm-hmm. our callers, um, you know, have information at hand. We gave them, you know, kind of the, the background information about this project. We trained them. We gave them call scripts. We gave them condolence scripts because, of course, with this age group, you know, you may be calling someone um, who is who, you know, has passed away. So we made sure that our staff were very well prepared um, to face anything that, that came at them. And, um, yeah, so uh, those things. And, um, you know, I think a lot of libraries shared information, and I know libraries are so good about doing that. We all share information. And uh, certainly um, we um, were inspired by work that was done by other library systems in uh, in the area of calling seniors. And we were also inspired by other, you know, agencies and community groups that we're doing this kind of work. So we learn from them and we sh- we have been sharing our information with libraries who are now interested in what we're doing. But, um, you know, that really helped us um, out when we got going. And as I said, I, I think it's really important to track the information because in the end, you want to be able to evaluate um, the work that you have done and um, and see what the outcomes are. Um, so we did that. And then um, we also um, uh, aligned our work with um, city priorities. The, the City of Toronto, you know, has, is doing a lot of work on poverty reduction strategies and um, working with vulnerable individuals. So um, we aligned our work with that. And we also aligned our work with, uh, you know, the Toronto Public Library strategic plan, too. So, you know, we, um, we use those as um, guiding lights. Um, as we work through. So I think, you know, those are some of the things that um, libraries could do if they were going to institute a similar program, but um, probably most libraries do that already. So um, I'm probably not telling anyone anything more than what they already know. That wraps another episode of Call Number with American Libraries. Many thanks to David Kelsey and Kim Huntley for joining us today. Tune in next month as we look at how the pandemic has affected school librarians across the country. Do you have something you want to say to us here at the podcast? Well, we want to hear from you. New to Call Number, you can reach us directly and tell us your thoughts and opinions about our shows and more with your own voice. Call 312-857-6761 and leave us a message that will be featured, perhaps, in a future episode. That's 312-857-6761. We want to hear from each and every one of you. As always, I'm Phil Moorhart, Senior Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and this is Call Number with American Libraries. American Libraries.